actor, author, certified life coach, encourager, family man, dynamic inspirational speaker, and so much more. Welcome to my podcast, Get Your Positivity with Harold Keith. All right, we are back for another episode of Get Your Positivity. I know I don't want to hear about it because you're going to say, where have you been, Harold Keith, with this positivity? But I promise you, on this off season, enjoying the holidays, life has been lived and the right people have been aligned for volume number two of season number Three. Yes, we're doing something different. We'll talk about that later. Right now, I have a special guest joining us today. So I want to take a moment just to bring her on so you can hear a little bit about what she's going to share today. Today, the topic is called The Birthing Room. And I have Corey with us today. What's up, Corey? Hey, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Is the question you a wife, you a mother? Like, you just, I mean, what's so. It's so much going on. First of all, thank you so much for having me. Um, This is such an inspirational. Watching your intro, I was like, oh my gosh, yes. I need to get some pictures taken because your pictures were beautiful. (laughs) But life has just been happening to me on purpose. um, And I'm stepping into that. And like you said, being a wife, being a mom, all happening in the midst of a pandemic is eye-opening. So it's been a wonderful experience. I'm happy to talk and share about it today. Well, let's talk about that. Before I even transition into our topic today, first of all, I know some people are like, okay, Corey, I'm glad you know who Corey is, but who is Corey? So Corey, can you tell people a little bit about who you are? And you can also mention, don't be ashamed to mention that your father, okay, is phenomenal, was like the modern day Martin Luther King is what they called him after the inauguration with uh, President Biden and Kamala and been in rooms with people like Barack Obama, Michelle Obama, Jennifer Lopez, A-Rod, like, okay, I, I think I'm be quiet now. I'm going to let you tell people a little bit about you. Of course. Well, as you said, I have the pleasure of knowing and being the child of Reverend, or Bishop, I'm sorry, I got to say Bishop. that, he is newly elected Bishop, Bishop, Bishop uh, Sylvester Beeman, who at the time was Reverend Beeman of Bethlehem Wilmington, Delaware Church. Um, and he did give the inaugural benediction. So that's that's who my dad is, but I'm not my dad. Yes, I'm a I'm a bishop kid, I'm a pastor's kid, been that all my life. But um I am a 30-year-old, I can say my age now. I'm sorry, no, I'm 31. I forgot I had a birthday. Um, I'm a 31-year-old mom and wife uh, to my lovely husband. Uh, We celebrated our first anniversary on November the 21st of 2021, just a few days after my son was born, (laughs) a month almost after my son was born. So it was crazy, but um, I am a trained uh, actress. Actually, that's my profession, but um, it's what I'm passionate about. What I actually do is I work in two sectors. I work within the nonprofit sector, helping people living with HIV and AIDS, which is something that I followed in my mother's footsteps about. 
Um, and then I also am a diversity, equity, and inclusion advocate. And I help um, doing coaching for diversity, equity, inclusion, or DEI uh, for different corporations in the city of Philadelphia, whether it's diversifying their boards, their nonprofit boards, or for-profit boards, as well as diversifying their talent and their senior management. So I do a lot. I wear many hats. Um, I don't like the term like a jack or jill of all trades. I am just a a clairvoyant savant when it comes to doing multiple things. I like moving and not being still. So that's who I am outside of being a mom. Well, you got my vote for president because I think you do a lot for the people. So I definitely <laughs> yes for the people for the culture for the culture. <laughs> Listen, so one of the things that stood out was randomly I was on Facebook and I seen you posting that you had a story to share about the birth of your precious baby. And you know, you were like, I'm gonna do it on TikTok. We're gonna do this thing. And I'm like, well, interesting, because I want to know the story too. And that's the beautiful thing about the show is the guests that I bring on, I don't know their whole stories. And I choose not to until these moments because I want it to be so authentic. So I'm so excited about hearing about your story. I know there's a lot of people out there getting pregnant. There's a lot of people that want to get pregnant. There's a lot of people who are scared of pregnancy. There's a lot of people that have experienced so many different things in the birthing room. Um, and to be honest, I feel like more of these stories should be shared because I feel like if you have been blessed with a gift, then trust the process, even though it gets scary, even though it gets crazy, and understand that what's meant to be will be in, in your in his hands. So before we transition on to that, I just want to tell everybody, it is time for our Get Your Positivity segment, and it is called The Birthing Room. Okay, okay, we're back. I was Corey. dancing too. <laughs> you know, we're back. All right, so Corey, let, let's do this. Tell me a little bit about your story. I mean, not a little bit about, like, just let me have it. I Okay, I will let, totally let you have it. Because, as you said, I, went, I had my son and my experience was so whole that I was like, I feel it's necessary to share this and to talk about it and get it out there. And I felt like, okay, it was going to be too much. And so that's why I said I could type it, but then I was like, nobody's going to read that. And that's why I suggested to do TikTok. And I was like, okay, TikTok only gives you three minutes. And to be at this point, I've only gotten up to segment number four for my TikTok. <laughs> so this is where if anybody who's been listening to my TikTok, you need to come and make sure you're listening to this podcast because you can get the whole story completely. Um, so I'll dive right into it. Um, my husband and I, uh, we weren't trying. And I know that um, before I even get into this, I know that for birthing people, because I don't want to specifically just say women, I want to say birthing people, mm -hmm. um, because I identify with acknowledging like non-binary persons, um, you know, transgender persons. So I want to say that for birthing people in general, I understand that it's not easy for everyone to get pregnant. Um, so when I say that my husband and I weren't trying um, to get pregnant, but we did get pregnant, um, I understand that that's a journey in itself. Fertility is a journey in itself um, mm -hmm. because my son is what I like to call and what a lot of people in the, the birthing space know. He's my rainbow child. I had two uh, unsuccessful pregnancies before uh, my son was born. So I say all of that to say 
finding out I was pregnant, telling my husband, you know, we were definitely excited. Um, but there is a caveat, and that's why they mostly tell people when you find out you're pregnant, you should wait a certain amount of time before telling people because pregnancy is can be unsuccessful. And I think we should normalize that and normalize the conversation around it because I don't mm -hmm. even like to say the word miscarriage um, because for birthing people, that sometimes is hard. So yeah. I we got pregnant, not trying, um, and we were ecstatic. And I have always loved kids, loved babies. I was just, I just knew I liked kids and I knew that I would be hopefully a great mom, but I never really thought about the pregnancy process outside of what I've seen on television and my own sister being pregnant and not even thinking about the whole birthing process. So it was, everything was a new journey and I took it on in stride, but I will tell you in the very beginning, once I got pregnant, I was terrified of birth. I was like, oh my goodness, I'm okay with being pregnant, but I'm going to have to deliver this baby. <laughs> yes. and, and from what I know, there's there's only two ways I can deliver this baby. It's either going to be a vaginal birth or a cesarean C-section where they mm -hmm. cut you open and that's, you know, surgery. And either way, I was like, it's going to be pain. This is the first thing that I thought to myself was I'm going to go through this beautiful experience and then in order for my son to get here, I'm going to have to deal with pain. And the pain was what scared me the most. So I was terrified. And I didn't know how to address that on top of having to deal with, you know, 40 weeks of pregnancy and getting through that and getting through the physical endurance of pregnancy. Luckily, in my first trimester, I did not have to deal with a bunch of, uh, you know, some, uh most early morning sickness, any of that. I didn't have to deal with that. Thank God my son liked me. Um, <laughs> but the, the physical changes to my body, the mental mm -hmm. changes to my body, none of those things I was really ready to take on. And it was my sister who suggested that I, you know, connect with a doula. And so a lot of people really don't know what doulas are. Some people look at doulas and midwives and think, okay, that's, you know, hippy dippy. That's not, you, when you get pregnant, you have a baby, you have it, uh, a OBGYN is the only person that's going to deliver right. your baby. The, that's it. Like, and you have to, and you have to deliver your baby in a hospital or else anything outside of that is, is going to, you know, ruin the pregnancy experience. I'm here to say that there is no right or wrong way to have your pregnancy. If you want to choose a, a OB, a midwife, a doula, all of those things are great. Honestly, the, in most places, they all work together. So it's important to like know what your resources are for you as a pregnant woman um, or a, a birthing person, I should say. So I found a doula who happened to be Black, and I had actually recently just switched over to a Black midwife for um, my practice. So I was excited because I had these really two not only strong individuals who understood me as a black woman, um, but also knew more than I did in the space of what my pregnancy and birthing process should look like. And they were the best resources for me. I was so excited. Um, and I want to shout them both out. Uh, Dr. Michelle Drew with Christiana Care and the Mbutu Collective in Wilmington, Delaware. She is literally the most knowledgeable and personable and faith-filled midwife and 
medical provider I've ever met in my life. And Mm -hmm. if anybody is looking for one, she's the person to go to. She is just so about it. And she knows her stuff. She's so daggone smart. She knows her stuff. Um, And then my doula is Asia Summers. And she's actually with Children and and Family First of Delaware. Um, But she was amazing. I was her first um, birth. So we just did everything and worked everything together. And she came into the room and she asked me, you know, what were the things that I was afraid of? And I told her straight up, I'm afraid of birth. Not even, not even the pregnancy because I enjoyed every moment with my baby in my belly, even the parts where I couldn't sleep, (laughs) but I enjoyed all of the moments. And in the beginning, I told her, you know, I want an epidural. I, you know, I'm going to need all the pain medication, like everything, like you I was preparing for war. I was in my mind. I was definitely preparing for war. I was preparing. I was preparing so much so that I was like, I'm not going to look at anybody who's. I'm not going to watch any real life birth videos. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to because I everything you see on movies, you see these women and they're like sweating and they're cursing out their husbands and uh, they're he he hooing and all that stuff. <laughs> Feet up and like I, it was just to me. I was like, this is my worst nightmare. But I was like, I know. I have to do this in order to get this baby here. And so I also started looking on social media for births and and natural births. So she kind of guided me in the sense of like providing me with workbooks and worksheets and letting me know that, you know, there is a such thing of having a painless natural childbirth. And I, when she first told me that, I will tell you, my first thought was she's crazy. There's, there's no, there's no way that you can have a pain-free birth. Like that's mm-hmm. just impossible. Like I know that everyone's going to be screaming at the end of the day. And I know that the, the recovery process was also a fearful thing for me too. Cause I was like, okay, after I go through this process where I'm, I'm split from my rooter to my tutor, um, what am I going to do? Yeah, right. I'm going to be laying there. I'm not going to be able to get out of bed. My and, and that's where I started to also become fearful of the word postpartum. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was just so much that came into that and came into my process that I just was very fearful. And we connected probably around my 20th week of my pregnancy with her affirmations Um with the book, there's a book out there called The Supernatural Childbirth. I meant to have it with me to show you, but I figured it'd be backwards. But The Supernatural Childbirth, um, that book, the affirmations in our regular meetings outside of my doctor's appointments, by the time I got to 36 weeks, I was ready. I was ready. I wasn't afraid. And that's why, like, if I can stress more than anything, having a doula and having a professional and a team be a part of your pre-planning before going into birth is so crucial and it should be available for everyone. I will say this, that doulas are not covered by insurance. Um, And a lot of doulas, you know, are advocating right now to have their services be covered by insurance because a lot of the times when it gets to the hospital room or the birthing room, moms, dads, birthing people don't know what's at their disposal, what, you know, they can experience with their child in those first very crucial minutes and hours after the baby is here and in this world. And my doula walked me through those steps, how important it is for skin to skin contact, how important it is to have a birth plan. And so I want to pivot and now talk exactly about in that birth room. 
Because okay, so before you get into this birth, yes, right, I'm so ready. Let, let's do a recap. Recipe. Yes. So not planning it. You, you've had two previous situations, but you know, you're like, okay, we're just going to live our life and do our thing. Not planning it. You are blessed with this beautiful creature inside of you. Okay. This yes. beautiful baby. And now you're like, I'm excited. I am ready. Here we are. But then, oh, wait, there's more to the story. So Absolutely. then I have to deliver this baby, which is pain. And then it's the aftermath of the baby, which is pain. And I just wanted to just bring to the light for a second for those who are listening or watching and those who are contemplating pregnancy, those who don't know what to do, even those who are listening right now and they're like, I'm in a situation where I have to make a decision. Do I want to go this way or that way? Mm-hmm. Know that sometimes we focus too much on the pain that we forget to see the blessing Mm -hmm. and know that you have never experienced any real growth or any real blessings without going through a pain or a rough season. And it's the same thing. It translates over every phase of your life. There are steps and phases that take part. And sometimes just like you did, most of the time it's like we're in the moment and you're like, oh, I'm excited. But then it just hits you like a bunch of bricks, like, okay, wait, this is the reality of, but in those moments, we have to realize there's beauty also within what we consider to be pain, because there's a story to be told, there's an experience to be had. Through that pain is a connection that is built even deeper and deeper that you, you will never get back again. And it's hard to really explain that, but hopefully you'll touch on a little bit about that as we enter the birthing room. So I'm the doctor. I have my gloves on. Tell me, what are we seeing in this room? So in the room, obviously, you know, there's, they're always different wherever you are. I decided and chose to give birth at Christiana Hospital in Wilmington, Delaware. Mm -hmm. um, Because again, like I said, I was still preparing myself for in case I needed an epidural and I needed some pain management medication, they would have it. There are other birthing rooms such as um, birthing centers um, at home, but I just wanted to be prepared um, because I did, I did, I do have a pre-existing health condition um, that I was like, just in case I needed some medical attention, they would be there. Right. So we're in the room, and what everyone should do if you're planning to get pregnant, you're pregnant, or you're you're 38 weeks and you have no idea what you're doing, everyone should have a birth plan because, and this is pretty much for life too. You always want to have a plan and then a backup plan for if your plan fails. Um, Because that is something that can happen with birth. And that is something that happened with me. Big reveal. Um, I'm I'm ready now. I'm like on the edge of my seat. Tell me what happened. Big reveal. I had planned. I was like, all right, I have conquered my fear. I know what my assignment is. I'm going to deliver this baby. I'm going to labor. And I am going to deliver this baby with no medication because I can do this. I, I was built for this. My body is built for this. I'm, I can do this. And that is what, again, my doula instilled in me. I was ready. So I went in for an ultrasound. And the doctor told me, hey, your baby's measuring a little bit small. Um, so let's go ahead and induce you. That was the first thing that was not on my birth plan. I didn't want to be induced, mm-hmm. but the doctor said, he's small. Let's do it. So I said, okay. Um, I contacted my midwife and she said, all right, let them induce you come to the hospital. So I went in on a Thursday. My son was not born until a Sunday. Let's get there. Yeesh. Yep. 
Um, from what I know, induction um, does, and, and there's different ways. I don't want to get too deep into it, but induction can happen one of two ways. They can induce you to, in order to bring on contractions, and that can either be done through a medication called Pitocin, which they put in through an IV, um, as well as they do some internal inductions to help break your water, bring the baby down. There's so many processes and steps to uh, the whole entire delivery process, labor and delivery, uh, but we're in that labor. So I went into the hospital. They got me started on Pitocin. My water, I was only like a centimeter dilated on this Thursday. My due date was supposed to be the following Friday. All throughout my pregnancy, I thought he was coming early. Never happened. So here we are. He was actually late. Um, so I labored for a total of, I think my husband said 68 hours. So almost three full days of labor, pain, dilation, all of that. Um, one thing that people always tell me too is that when you are in labor, after you're in labor, you really don't remember the pain. And I was like, how do you just forget pain? Like, that's crazy. <laughs> Looking back on it now, if you said, Corey, describe to me what the pain was, I'm like, uh, I don't remember. Between laboring, dilating, and getting to my son's delivery, I was so exhausted. The process is exhausting, but it's like running a marathon. You know you have to get to the finish line. So the exhaustion comes with that. But you just have to pace yourself through this 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 marathon. And I had my team. I had my husband and I had my doula. We were in the room. I was at the beginning. I was up. I was walking. I was moving. I was great. And when those contractions came, I was down and I was breathing and making weird noises. It was it was a part of labor. And I and I laid. And one of the beautiful things about the birthing room is that every person should be allowed to labor how they want to labor. Mm -hmm. So if I want to sit on the floor in Indian style, they had that. If I wanted to bounce on a ball, they had that. If I wanted to set can little electronic candles, because can't have open flame, but mm -hmm. little electronic candles, I had that. I set the mood to make me feel comfortable. I had my praise and worship music going. I was had my mood candles. I had a, a, a aroma diffuser going. I was comfortable. Okay, at the beginning of stage one of my labor. <laughs> but as we progress to stronger contractions and it's getting towards like Saturday now, I just got to a point where I hit a brick wall and I told my doula and my husband, I was like, I can't do it anymore, y'all. Give me the epidural. Um, and I had by that time I had use nitrous gas to help kind of get some of my pain to go down, which is like the same as laughing gas when they go to, when you go to the dentist, mm -hmm. I use some of that. Um, and they came in to do the epidural and I felt like, I felt like I quit initially. That was my first, mm -hmm. like, dang, I told myself I was going to push through and I was going to labor. And I got the epidural and I was like, I'm a failure. And my doula and my husband both were like, no, I said, but I said on my birthing plan, I didn't want to do an epidural. I was going to do this natural. And they were like, this is your plan, but you always prepare for whatever you need to happen. And it's at your disposal. So utilize it. And that's what I did. I, I got the epidural and I was able to sleep. And I woke up in the middle of the night and I had dilated. And I, I didn't realize that by the time I got my epidural, I was seven and a half centimeters. 
And contrary to popular belief, people are like, oh, after you're a certain centimeter, you can't get the epidural. You can get the epidural up to, depending on who your doctor is, you can get the epidural as far up to your delivery or pushing time as you need it to be. There's no delay. It's the recovery afterwards, because obviously they're paralyzing you from the waist down. Right. It's the recovery afterwards that can cause some trouble. But I was, I, I labored and I was ready. So we got to the point where I was like, all right, I want to push. I'm ready to push. I actually FaceTimed my sister, my mom, my husband's mom, um, and his sister. And I was like, we're going to make this. We're going to do this. I'm going to push. So I was pushing. I was pushing. And he didn't get down enough. Mm. And they told me to stop pushing. And that's when I just realized I was really exhausted. And it was now Sunday morning. And that is when the doctors came in and gave me the news that I did not want to hear. Mm. And that was, he's not going anywhere. He's stuck. We don't want you to push anymore. His heart rate kept dropping, especially when I was sleeping. They actually had to come in in the middle of the night on Saturday while I was sleeping after I tried to push and keep telling me to rotate on my side to side. And they were like, it's just not coming back up. We have to do a C-section. And I was like, birthing plan, rip, 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 throw it out the window. I was going to have this natural birth. And now here I am in the room being told that I had to have surgery. And you know what? But isn't that just like life? And a lot of women and a lot of people, you know, have babies. They go through this because you have this idea of what it should be, what it should look like. And you know the part that we often forget, even being so strong to face, sometimes we forget that it's good for us to have a plan, even a backup plan. But the plan that's always going to override it all is God's plan. And God had a plan. And God says, listen, you weren't expecting this for a reason. You were a modern day ancestor, a modern day replica of Mary. I gave you this and let me do what is necessary because Mary had to travel, travel, travel. She was being denied and denied. So every way that you went, you were being denied this, denied that. And here you are saying, you know what? I'm a failure. But yet Mary had to keep on going. And to mm -hmm. the point where she had to just look, I don't care what it is. I'm going to take it. And with you, it was more so of a, a moment where it's just like, you know what? I have to utilize what I have around me and I have to make this decision because this is the decision that is going to be best yep. for the end result. And you had the right people around you. And that's another mistake that people make is they have people who are all yes people who say, yes, whatever you want, that's what you're going to do. You don't need those kind of people. You need people who are going to remind you of who you are in the storm. The people that's going to remind you of who you are when things mm -hmm. get rough. Those people are going to remind you of who you are when you forget who you are. And God assigned those people to be there in that birthing room. And God was saying, listen, don't rush, rush this process. There is something that you don't realize is happening right now that I'm still working out. And there's other people that need to see this, but I need you to rest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you transition into the point where you're ready to push. So tell us what happens when you start pushing. So, like I said, they told me he's he was stuck and I couldn't do what I wanted to do. And that they told me we had to have a C-section. And it wasn't emergent because he was still, even though his heart rate was going up and down, mm -hmm. um, they were just like, we want to, we want to get get him out. You've been laboring for nearly three days now. It's time to get baby out. Yes. <laughs> and, it, and like I said, it, I went in on a Thursday. It's now Sunday, the wee, wee, wee hours of Sunday morning. And so they bring me 
they bring my husband into the room. And this was actually why I wanted to originally kind of, when I was starting my story was, this was called my husband's worst nightmare. And I know that's a horrible name, but my husband, he did not want me to have a C-section because in his mind, he was very fearful. Again, talking about fear. He mm-hmm. was very fearful that something would happen to me and that he would be left raising our child alone. Yeah. And I couldn't, I couldn't quell that fear because it was out of my control at that time. He's give, he's given scrubs and he's like, we go into the operating room. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, like not realizing that I'm about to go through major surgery. You know, I had to, as you said, trust in my faith. And that's why I was like, man, it's so crazy because my son is being born on a, on a Sunday, on the Lord's day, the day, the day of rest. And so I just, I put my faith in to the doctor's hands and in God's hands. And I knew that at the end of this, my son was going to come out. So they willed us into, willed me into a, a operating room. They gave me more epidural to make me really fully paralyzed so that I really would not feel anything, especially the incision where they cut me to um, pull my son out. Um, and I was, I was scared. Um, there was a lot going on. They had to pump me flu- with a lot of fluids. Um, I don't want to get too much into it, but at the same time, during the end of my pregnancy, my sister was very, very ill and she was in the hospital. Um, she should actually be on here and give her story. <laughs> but um, I was going through a lot mentally and emotionally. And I was just really going through it and being like, oh, it's another thing. Another thing that didn't, didn't in my mind, didn't go right. Right. And so I had to, in that moment, say, okay, God. You're going to help me get this baby here. I'm trusting you to trust the hands of the surgeons who are about to cut me open and those who are about to bring my son into this room. And I said to myself, I, I prayed to myself, God, protect me and protect my child so that our family can be whole when he gets here. I didn't want to go. I didn't want to lose my son. And I know that my, my husband didn't want to lose his wife or his son. So at 4.17 in the morning on Sunday, October the 24th, which happened to be my husband's mother's birthday and my niece's birthday. My son made his entrance into the world. And it was initially terrifying because he didn't breathe at first, um, but he made it. He made it. I made it. And in that entire experience from labor to delivery, not even going into the postpartum part, because that was another part as well, but that journey from I was there when you were just this little speck on an ultrasound. Mm-hmm. You grew inside of me. I felt your little fingers and kicks and pushes and all of this, and I couldn't see him. But then to get to laboring through Thursday, Friday, Saturday until Sunday morning, and finally he was there. Everything was worth it. Everything. It was all worth it. And he's beautiful. I love my son. Like I, I could sit here and talk about him all the time. It was, it was worth it. And if somebody were to ask me, you know, not would you, would I do the whole thing again? Um, absolutely, I would definitely have a baby again. And I would definitely, I definitely now know a lot more than I did coming into the process. But I was so prepared for anything to happen that I felt empowered Mm -hmm. where if you would have told me at 
what when I found out what was that eight weeks when I found out I was pregnant, you would have told me that that would have been my journey. I probably been would have been like absolutely not. I'm not doing this. Right. But because I had the faith, I was prepared. I did plan. I had an awesome team around me, um, and above all, I trusted God. Yes, I was not fearful in the moment, and my son is here, and I'm a better person because of it, for sure. Okay, of course you are. I mean, <laughs> it, it, that that had to be quite the experience. And I always sit here and I joke about it a lot of times, but God knew what he was doing when he gave certain things to certain people, because I couldn't imagine. I mean, again, you have to be in a situation to really know what you'll do. You never know what you can really do until you're put in a situation. But when I tell you my, first of all, off to you, hats off and all of the above, because I don't know if I could have done it. And what you said was really real. Like when it comes to a lot of different factors, like it could have went any other way. It really could have. But because this was second. God's assignment, this is what it was. And wow. So in this birthing room, I guess, how do I want to say this? What I, I was trying to figure out, like, what was the most, now looking back, one of the most rewarding things that you accomplished for yourself within that crazy process of the birthing room? Um, like something where you can go back and say, I'm really proud of me because this, I did this during. I, day. yeah. Um, I think what I was proud of was my ability to be free. Now I consider myself a very transparent person. You can ask me anything. I'll tell it to you straight. I have no problem speaking on my flaws. I'm very open, but I was very nervous about, okay, I'm going to be in a room. Like one of the things, and again, I'm being transparent. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, coming into this, doing a natural birth. What if I pee or poop on the doctor? Oh my God. Right. I was so, I was, <laughs> I was so vain and being like, oh my goodness. I'm so scared of like not having this movie-esque type of birth. Right. And getting into the birthing room and being released from that and being open to whatever happens, happens. Like my water broke. I was walking and, uh, you know, I was in the room because of COVID. I couldn't walk out and go somewhere else. I had mm -hmm. to do everything in my room. Um, I, I was nervous. I mean, here I am standing and I got like fluid and blood leaking down my leg. And I was like, oh, this is happening. Uh, <laughs> okay, what do I do? And literally no one in the room batted an eye. The nurses just came over and she just put like a little wet pad down and was like, okay, moving on next. And I was like, oh, so this is totally fine. Okay, so now I'm naked in the room. I'm comfortable. <laughs> I'm, I'm in the shower, like getting, I I'm doing whatever I needed to do to be free and comfortable. And I was able to let go because I feel like I, in my entire life, have been told to look a certain way or be a certain way. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I had to make sure that I initially translated that into my birthing process. But then I was like, wait, no, this is my birthing process. This is this is for me. I'm going to do it how I want to do it. So if I need to have the space to just be free in it, I'm going to be free in it. And that was something that I was really, really proud about was really honestly letting go and letting the birth just happen instead of trying to 
trying to be in control of the moment because sometimes we have to realize it's I, I can't be in control of everything. You know, when you try to take control over situations, what you do is you make them more difficult for you because then you put these stresses on yourself, you put these expectations on yourself, you put these expectations and project them on those things, those uh, elements and those contributions to whatever is going on in that moment. When sometimes we have to, well, all the time, we have to realize that control is only to a certain degree in the flesh. You have to sometimes just let go. And I know it sounds so cliche, but sometimes you have to really just let go and, and let God do what, it, do what he does. Let Absolutely. him do what he's famous for. So that way you can see and reap the benefits of the seed sown and the harvest. God didn't, you know, doesn't take you certain places. And sometimes we in our own way to the point that we sabotage with the mm. harvest or the manifestation is supposed to look like. And then we get mad at God. We get mad at this person and that person when honestly, the reality of it was, is us trying to implement our plans over top of what God already said was going to be so. Yes, yes. You know what I'm saying? And I, so. and I think that that even translated in my postpartum, because as I said earlier, you know, I was afraid of that recovery process from even a vaginal birth or from a cesarean. And I was so afraid that after the C-section, I was going to be in so much pain. Can I tell you, I was up and walking and moving and I was like, I don't feel pain. I thought that I was going to need like hot, heavy dose medications for my pain. I didn't mm -hmm. take anything higher than a, than a Tylenol. Like right. that was. So I, that's it. Tylenol was it. That was it. People go through it. So you were definitely, definitely covered. But let's talk about this postpartum a little bit. And we're not going to harp on it, but I know that's a big issue. Um, not only say issue, but a big thing that is experienced. And that's something that a lot of people fear. And even those who support and like the husbands and all of that that are involved, that's that's a thing. That's a real thing. So how did you cope through that? I mean, you don't have to go into too much, but how yeah. did you cope through the postpartum? Um, so the first thing that I had to realize is society puts this negative attachment to the word postpartum. Mm -hmm. Because typically when we say postpartum, the first thing that we think of is postpartum depression. That's what we hear in our head. We don't hear postpartum as a word by itself because postpartum typically means the moments in time after birth, not mm -hmm. automatically depression. Say that one more time. Yes. What does postpartum mean? The moments and times right after birth. That's really what it means. All right. That was good. I had to have you repeat that. All right. It's, go ahead. It's not negative. It's not positive. It is what happens after birth. And for me, just to kind of throw it out there, I had the beautiful moments, the skin to skin with my son, my recovery, you know, with a C-section. I had those moments, but I also had a scary turn with my postpartum. Mm -hmm. Two days after giving birth to my son, I developed post preeclampsia where it, my blood pressure shot through the roof. Um, and I had to actually go through a medical infusion to help alleviate some of the fluid in my body that was causing my heart, my blood rate pressure to go up, my oxygen level to drop. It was really scary. And these are things, again, I hadn't planned for, but because I had a team and a reassuring doctors, um, I went through that process and came out on the other side. So there's so much that we don't prepare for with the postpartum, but we automatically assume this negativity. And yes. it's not a negative experience. It is just the time after your, your child is here and how you utilize it. And making sure that 
birthing people in that postpartum period really focus in on what they want that to look like instead of being fearful and having anxiety about being depressed or about having quote unquote the baby blues. It is perfectly fine to experience moments of sadness, moments of joy after your baby's here. Your body has gone through, as you said, a season. You mm -hmm. just gave birth. There is a new person that you're responsible for. You have to look at your changing body. I still look at my belly and I'm like, oh my goodness, I had a baby in there. Yep, I got stretch marks now. I'm not mad at it. That's just what I went through that reminds me that I did this. I'm, it's like my reward. I did this. I, I made it through. I got my little C-section scar, which the doctor came in and was joking with me. She was like, oh, you could be look great in a bikini. I was like, girl, I don't know when I'm going to wear a bikini again. <laughs> but you're right. It looks great. The incision was great. And I was in my postpartum process. I knew that what, I, what was essential for me and my son was to make sure that we were together. We were cared for. And I didn't feel as though that I was alone um, because in that moment when you, after you give birth and you go home and you're like, what's next? You do start to be like, okay, it's just me and this baby. Right. Um, luckily my husband had uh, paternity leave for that first two weeks we were home, but we had to really make it about me and, and my baby and my husband. It was just us. And that's important when it comes to postpartum. Like I, it was me and him you know, I really didn't get out of bed. If I needed to get out of bed, my husband brought something to me. When people have that postpartum period, you really have to set it up exactly how you want it. And it's okay to say no to stuff. Nope, you can't come over to see my baby. We're here at our house alone. Like, I, what do I need from you? I need for you to bring me food. I need for you to pray for me. I it's it there is a need and I I shouldn't have to feel like I'm asking for too much. Um and no birthing person after having a baby should feel like there there's more that they have to do. Mm -hmm. You've done you've done enough. Right. You've done enough. And now it's time for you to establish a relationship with your child and recover. Recovery is so important. You don't have to immediately jump. And that's why I, when I think about maternity leave in this country, it makes me so mad um, because <laughs> in other countries, like in Europe, they're like, oh, you're having a baby? Okay, bye, maternity leave for a whole year. I'm like, next time I get pregnant, I'm going to give birth in another Out country. country. <laughs> yes. So that I'm like, okay, I'm not going anywhere for a whole year. I'm staying at home. And it's so crucial that time after because you really do, not just your body, but you really do have to create the space to recover mentally and physically. Yes. Um, and that's where I am an advocate for therapy. I had therapy before I gave birth. I'm having therapy now. I'm going to keep on having therapy because God and therapy work hand in hand, okay? Mm -hmm. You need to pray, but also you need to make sure that your prayers are, are sensible and understood and that you also have the science to back it up because I, I I'm faithful but I will tell you I have a therapist and my therapist is faithful as well so we, she we know how to communicate with each other to say when I feel doubt when I feel anxiety and I feel like I'm I'm letting my faith down my therapist can help me talk it through as I'm talking to God mm -hmm. and it got and it really truly has gotten me through and that's why my experience through postpartum was wasn't one of depression and negativity yes. it yes. was one of 
joy and one of moments of sadness, but I knew that those moments of sadness weren't going to last and they weren't supposed to last. Right. And that's why I always say like mindset matters because your situations and how you see things oftentimes is based on your mindset. And if your mindset is off or your mindset has already surrendered to the wrong things, then you're going to producing your mind the wrong things. It's just like a director or producer of a movie. They have a vision, they put it to life, they put the actors, they put everything into place, but they also have the power to change the whole script up and recast and do what they need to do. You have that same power, but you have to know how to enforce it. So gosh, Corey. All right. So what we're about to move on is to our one word of advice segment, which is where you will give, and when I say word, I'm not just saying a word from like the dictionary. I'm saying, give them a word. Hallelujah. You know what a word is. Don't I can deliver a word. Up out of here. But <laughs> give them a word um, of advice to those who are going through what you went through, maybe going through it or thinking about it. Like we said, we're just addressing all angles. But first, we have to transition into our word of segment. All right, so our word of advice segment. Yes, I know I messed it up before we went into the intro. Sometimes that's how it goes, but we are out. here. So Corey, tell me, tell the people, tell all of those who are listening and watching, um, what is one word of advice you would give to anyone when it comes to the whole journey of the birthing room? My word of advice is, I guess, kind of threefold. Number one, make sure you have a team, a support system mm -hmm. um, that you trust and know that are going to be there for you um, in the process, whether that's your spouse, um, a doula your sibling, your mama, make that and make it small. You don't need a room full of people. You honestly, I mean, it's like when you go to pick out your wedding dress, you don't want 17 opinions in there. You just right. need the people who matter the most and who are going to matter the most in your child's life. Have them there. Um, do the research, do the research, do the homework. If you have, do not be afraid to ask a question. If you feel like something is not right in this process, say can you explain that to me? Yes. Because here's the thing. The doctors know the information and they know how to speak it in doctor tone. You're going to need, if you need something and it doesn't make sense, ask them to, to make it make sense to you. Be empowered in knowing that you know your body. Nobody knows your body better than you. Mm -hmm. um, and I felt empowered by the team that I had. And if anything that I can say, if you are able to get a doula or a midwife, have one have a birthing plan, go through that birthing plan with your doctor, with your support team, and then always, always, always be flexible to allow God to step in and move. Whatever yes. God is telling you to do, whatever God is speaking on your spirit, let that happen. And know that whatever your process may be in the birthing room, through the pregnancy journey, postpartum, it is yours and it is uniquely yours. And that's why I had to share my story because I know that every person, me, you, we all have a birth story. Mm -hmm. Your mama was in the birthing room. My mama was in the birthing room. If I have a daughter, she going to be in the birthing room. Everybody's story is unique. 
and don't be afraid to share it. Don't feel as though that your, your situation was not worthy of being shared. So yes. that's my word. Share your story and be empowered by it. All right, Corey. So we're going to go from one word to another word. Um, this is something new that I'm doing uh, with you specifically. I don't know where it's going to lead us in the future. But give me one Bible verse that you would choose to share with anyone that aligns with this whole theme of episode of The Birthing Room. So, all right, I'm a cheat because I thought I was going to memorize it by heart. But I'm going to pull it up. <laughs> So hold on. So hold on. I ain't mad at you. You know, the pastor's daughter. Who, listen, it's not. Okay. Pastor's a preacher kid. I speak for that. We don't memorize the Bible. Okay. I mean, I'm a saint, but sometimes I'm an ain't and, and it takes me some time to, to get through it. And so side note me, to all of those who are listening, you might hear some things going on in the background. There's a lot going on, but we making it do what it do. We're not in the home studio today. Well, we are, and that's the thing. We're in the home studio, so there are things that are going on around us. But for those who have been dealing with COVID, those, this is me stalling while you find your verse. For those who have been dealing with COVID, for those who have been on Zoom calls and all of that, know that there's things going on in the background. So you might hear the microwave in a second. Ruby <laughs> has to get to work and they got to eat before they go to work. So that's okay. We're here. You know, We're here. So any key jingling you heard, anything like that, it's because it just is what it is. <laughs> and, you, and you know what? That is life and there's nothing wrong with that. Okay. I, 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 Full full disclosure, I shut my husband and the baby upstairs, and I was like, "Y'all better act like you're invisible." <laughs> How are you gonna tell a new a two month old baby to be invisible? So if you, you, know if you hear the baby crying, it's it's perfectly fine. And then you blame the daddy. It's the daddy fault at that point. I told you to be quiet. My <laughs> scripture right, so word scripture, of the let's day. Let's get to yes. it. Um, my word from the word mm-hmm. uh, is Psalms 27, 14. And I'm reading from the New King James Bible, which is wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. And I that's my scripture because, as I said, I had plans. I was afraid in the beginning. I pulled my plans together. But I honestly did this scripture sat in my spirit because it's like in all things you gotta just wait on god we so busy we we want everything to go a certain way we want to move here we want to do this we want to do that and god is what gives us our rest what he is what gives us our strength and sometimes we just gotta wait and 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 it may not be a glaring neon sign that god says step here move there but you just got to wait and you got to lean in. And that's why that scripture is so important is because it's not about waiting and being anxious. It's not about waiting and being fearful. It's not about waiting and being scared. It's about waiting and having the courage to wait. Mm-hmm. And that's what the scripture is saying. You got to wait and be encouraged by the fact that you're waiting because guess what? Something good is on the way. Listen, patience is a power. Patience is truly a power in any situation you endure, any situation that you face. Patience is a 
Absolutely. Power. All right. So, you know what, Corey, I've enjoyed having you on. We still have a few things to touch on, but nothing yes. major. But I appreciate you coming on to share your stories. I want to tell you that now. But, you know, some people are like, you know what, this girl, she's this woman. I'm sorry. I'm so used to for us being children, all this kind of stuff. Right, like, we grow up together. <laughs> you said you were 31. And I was like, eh, when? When did that happen? But I get it. And, you know, so this woman, you're a beautiful woman, and I know you're going to be a fun, you already are, but I know you're going to be a phenomenal mother and already a phenomenal wife. Your happiness, you deserve it. I'm so glad to see it. I smile from a distance. I like from a distance, but I really love what I'm seeing for your life. And I know other people are knowing that you are very knowledgeable, very smart, and they want to know how can I connect with her? What can I do? So we're going to go ahead and transition into our Where Is Corey segment. Listen, we're back. So where can they find you, Corey? Let the people know. So you can find me. Oh, girl, she looks good. I'm telling you, shout out to my makeup artist, okay? Because that woman can beat my face, okay? Tiara Paraway, if y'all want to find her, I, I will give you the details. But you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Kaysine, um, which is K-A-Y-S-I-N-E. A-E, that's me, case and A. Um, I am an open book. Follow me. Um, I'm the same thing on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Same, same handle everywhere. You can find me with at case and A, and you can learn more about me. I'm trying to be better at posting. You might even catch a picture of my son. So, All right. So before we wrap this up, because you know we, we, we end this with, with something that we, we got to end it with, which is our song of the episode before we get there don't forget to make sure that you follow the get your positivity podcast okay you can hit us up on facebook at he's harold keith um instagram it's harold keith that's where you can get all your positivity updates because this is so much more than just a podcast look positivity is needed and real too many people are tuning into things that just don't matter anymore and what you're doing is stopping yourself from getting ahead because you're too busy watching other people who have caught that drift make moves so also visit us at www.itsharoldkeefe.com for more positivity and um, tools to help you have a better outlook, a more encouraging outlook on your life and understanding that what you go through is what you go through, but that doesn't mean that you can't get through. So with that being said, Corey, we like to end the show with what we call the song of the episode. But before you tell us what that is, you know we have to hear our jingle. All right. So with that being said, Corey, if you could name one song to be your theme song in life right now, what will it be? Mm. One song. First of all, I'm, I love music and I sing. So, you know, that's hard for me to just choose one. But you can catch me every Sunday singing at Bethel online. Um, my right. one song is going to have to be Wait on the Lord by Chandler Moore. And I think it's actually by Maverick City Music. Mm -hmm. It um, is, yes. DJ Chandler Moore. It's, I, I, I go into worship every time that I hear it, but that is that is the song that I would say is, the, that's the song for life right there. Cause it, it, it goes in my scripture. It goes, it's, it is perfect for all situations, all circumstances. And it's encouraging because it's like a reminder, like, hey, 
You're not going through this alone. Just wait on God. He got you. He will renew he your strength. You. He will renew you. Just wait on him. Listen, I appreciate you being here today. So for those who are watching, listen, you're going to have to Google it, iTunes it, Spotify it, do what you have to do to hear Wait on the Lord by Maverick City and featuring Shannon Moore. Or for those who are listening in on all of our podcast platforms, you're about to hear it right about now. So again, thank you, Corey, for being a guest. We hope to have you back in the future. We don't know where we're going to tackle next, but we know through all things, Okay, all right, I'm gonna leave it yeah. open. All right, so with that being said, we love you, Corey. For those who are watching, we'll see you on our next episode. For those who are listening, here is Wait on the Lord. All right, Maverick City, Shannon Moore. Be blessed. I don't believe in fairy tales I guess I've outgrown them But that doesn't mean that I don't believe That there's something bigger than me Cause I've seen it in a hospital room When the doctor said sorry There's nothing more we can do Well it wasn't through I've never seen a Pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, but I've got a promise I can hold in the middle of the struggle. God, if you said you'll perform, it may not be how I want you to, but here's what I'll do I'm gonna wait on you, I'm gonna wait on you. I've tasted your goodness I'm trusting your promise I'm gonna wait on you Yes, I'm gonna wait on you I've tasted your goodness I'm trusting your promise I'm gonna wait on you Yes, I will, yes, I will Yeah, you are the author But there's no predicting what is next But you hold the future And all the questions, they come second Through the one I know is true, yeah Well, you've always been true So I'm gonna wait on you
They shall mount up, up on wings Like an eagle in their sore They shall walk and not get weary They shall run and not fail That's what happens when you wait Happens when you wait They that wait on the Lord Shall renew their strength They shall mount up Oh, wings like an eagle and so they shall walk and not get weary they shall run and not faint that's what happens when you wait that's what happens when you that's what happens when you wait I'm getting a little stronger that's what happens when you Just wait on the Lord. The breakthrough is coming. 
I'll be praising 